Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. On this Saturday morning, we sometimes like to talk about a current event, and I have uh, withheld my opinions about the big abortion defeat in the state of Ohio, but I'd like to share some of them today. Special welcome to anyone who are joining us today. We come here every day, get in the Word of God, talk about it. And on Saturdays, we like to talk about a uh, current issue if we can, or we take a little break from our typical uh, Monday through Friday series that we go through. Well, I live in Ohio, and Ohio had a huge, huge defeat on this abortion issue in our recent election a couple weeks ago. What it was was a, a constitutional amendment, a constitutional amendment that would enshrine abortion rights into our Constitution. Now, Ohio has been a leading state in passing legislation to, to whittle away at abortion. We are evangelical Christians. We're Bible—that simply means we believe the Bible. It means we fear God. It means we honor God. We get our morality and our values from Scripture because we believe Scripture is the Word of God. That's all it means to be an evangelical. And that's come to have bad terminology or bad impressions in some people. It's because we are under the authority of God, and we believe in God, and we believe moral law comes from God. It's not up to us to decide it. Many churches think, you know, we just decide for ourselves. We don't believe that. And so we see that life is a gift from God, and we see that life is important, and we believe that we should defend the innocent and the helpless and the marginalized. And so abortion has been a big issue to evangelical Christians. As a matter of fact, I, for one, was very apolitical for for uh, until I saw what abortion is. And I said, this can't be allowed to be happening in our country. This is evil. This is evil. And it goes on legally and it must be stopped. Well, Ohio uh, in 19, as you know, Ohio, excuse me, the United States in 1973 legalized abortion, struck down abortion laws in all 50 states and said that a woman has the right to an abortion. And throughout the next 40-some years, pro-lifers would whittle away at these things, the parental consent for minors. Uh, the, the facilities had to have certain uh, hospital, visita- hospital connections, so if there was a problem, uh, the, the woman could be admitted quickly into a hospital. Uh, certain restrictions on, on waiting times or in Ohio, we even had what was now, it's in the courts, but we had what's called the heartbeat bill, which once a heartbeat can be detected in the baby, abortion would not be legal except in certain uh, extreme cases, rape, incest, mother's life, etc. And so we had all those things, but in, in just recently, our Ohio Constitution was amended by the voters by a vote of almost 57 to 43% to allow abortion to be enshrined in the Constitution, which basically will overthrow those laws. Now, they'll have to be challenged in court, and they'll have to be proven that those laws are now unconstitutional, but it doesn't look good. What are lessons we can learn from this? Whatever we say, this was a huge defeat for the pro-life movement, a huge defeat. Ohio is a red state. It went for Trump by eight percentage points. We are a leading pro-life state. We, the National Right to Life was founded in Cincinnati, Ohio. Ohio has been a bellwether state for, for uh, limiting abortion and 
defending the rights of the unborn child. And now all that was basically wiped out by this vote. Now, there's lessons you can learn. We, we were vastly outspent by the other side. And the other side uh, is picking off state by state. A lot of their money comes from, from two states, uh, um, California and New York, which have wild abortion laws, wild abortion right laws. And so they're big states with a lot of money. And so they're raising money in these other states to pick off one state after another and to legalize abortion and shrine that into the, into the uh, state laws. And Ohio was the victim of that this year. But we can't just say it was a matter of money. We're naive and we're, we're making an excuse and we're not dealing with the real issue if we do. Secondly, I think our campaign from the very beginning was, was very poorly run. I, we called the organization to defend abortion rights, or excuse me, we called our side, we called it Protect Women Ohio. And essentially what we were saying is we can't allow this abortion rights law to become in our Constitution because if it does, it will be hurting women. Well, abortion is bad for women, but to me it's a losing strategy to say take away women's right to an abortion in order to protect those women. No, we're doing it to protect the child, the baby. There's another body involved. There's another human being, and that human being dies in an abortion. And somehow the, the strategist and the big money behind this thought that we need to make this about protecting women instead about protecting the baby. To me, it was it, it's terrible messaging, terrible messaging. Just a word, of, a, word, a word for you here. If you want to debate this abortion issue with anyone, if the focus is on the woman, the people in the squishy middle who don't have deep convictions will always go for pro-choice. If the focus is on the baby, the people in the squishy middle, the people who decide elections, will go to defend uh, that baby's life. They'll go right to life. And we basically went and argued on their ground what's best for women, that they can have the right to an abortion or that they can't. And we're basically saying what's best for women is they don't have the right to this abortion. It's a losing strategy. There were some good groups. My good friend Mark Harrington over Created Equal, they argued, and they've always argued, and they've seen the importance of defending the baby and making this about the child primarily. Um, others, basically the big money and the, and the primary organization, didn't call it that way. It was a messaging mistake. But again, if this is what we see, and if this is our excuse for why we lost that badly, we missed the point. The point is this. My, my feeling on this, America is further gone than I realize. That's right. I think this is the lesson to learn from this, that our country is further gone than we realize it. We are living in a time when the corrupting ethics of the sexual revolution have taken root in our country. You just look at the, the, the polling results, the demographic results of people who are older, people who've had families, people who've had children, were basically in faith, in, uh, against abortion, the older people. Younger generations, say 45 and under, many of whom aren't being married, aren't having children, they demand, they demand to have sex whoever they want, whenever they want, 
without consequences. They, they've separated the concept that sexual intimacy is between a husband and wife starting a family, and they've made it just all about their own sexual lust, pleasure, and so forth, and it's, and it's corrupting our culture. It's corrupting our country, and it's deeper rooted than, it, than we've ever realized, deeper real, rooted than I was willing to admit. And uh, it's sad. I often think of our country as being one that is from our founding. Our founders dedicated our country to God. They saw us as a nation under God. They saw us as a republic, that our laws are, are to be honoring to God. And we have become simply a democracy where people vote on what is moral, good, and right. And it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. It's a Romans 1 situation. It's a Romans 1 where because of rejecting God, which our culture did and has done in the early 60s when we outlawed school prayer and, uh, and more and more have become more secular, Romans 1 says God would give us over to immorality, depraved passions, and a depraved mind that doesn't see things right. And the sexual revolution, we call it, it's the Romans 1 experience is more deeply rooted than we realize. Secondly here, politics, and what's this tell us? Politics is downstream from culture. As evangelicals, we do believe in the importance of being involved in government. We are citizens of this country just like anyone else. We have the right to vote. We have the right to allow our moral beliefs and our religious beliefs to inform our voting. But let me tell you, we won't change people by politics. Government really can't change a person's heart as much as it does punish or prohibit immoral, wicked, evil behavior. And that's what we have put our hope in uh, to stop this uh, evil behavior politically, by law, and that's important, and we must continue to do so. But I will say that in, in sometime in the 1990s, I personally concluded from my preaching on campus, we're not going to stop abortion in America. We're not going to make it illegal. It's just not going to happen. It's too important for pe people value their, their desire to have sexual uh, involvement without any without having a baby, without any consequences. They value that too much. It'll never be made illegal in America. I just concluded that in the 90s. A couple years ago, when, when as a result of President Trump uh, appointing new Supreme Court justices, we had the overturning of Roe versus Wade, something I thought would never, ever happen. I thought that would never happen. It did, but and and we thought it was a great victory, but it's turned out as it's coming back to the states that people are voting contrary to what we expected. They're demanding these abortion rights, and it's sad. And so it tells me that more than ever, we've got to be focusing on changing people. We don't. The truth is, we don't have them. And the truth is, it's not just. Uh, it's, it's an understanding and a value of life, an understanding of that life is valuable, not just salvation, but it comes from salvation. I mentioned again my friend uh, Mark Harrington and their organization Create Equal. Years ago, we were on a Florida campus together, and they, they, they speak on campuses about abortion. I speak on campuses about the gospel, and he, he came over, and actually this is when we met, and he heard me preaching, and abortion was coming up quite a bit, but I was relating it specifically to the need of the gospel. And he told me that that's, it became so clear to him at that point 
that will never stop abortion in America, which is what his organization wants to do, unless we really uh, teach people the gospel and teach Christians proper understanding of the scriptures. And that really helped him and his organization now really trains young people, not only in, in answering the questions about abortion and pro-life, but in the gospel and in Christian apologetics, doing a fine work there. Well, this leads to the next point. <clears throat> the church is failing to educate its people on this issue. One of the most heartbreaking things of the polling data showed that 24% of evangelical Christians voted in favor of this amendment to allow abortion in our Constitution. One out of four, 24%. My friends, this is a massive failure on the part of the church. This is a massive failure on the part of those who name the name of Christ. And I just wonder how this might have been different, how the outcome might have been different had as those who name the name of Christ been 90, 95%. It ought to be 100%. We should be teaching we should be teaching our people the value of life. Life is a gift from God. Man does not have the right to take it away. And how this happened in the church, it's a massive failure. Our churches must be speaking out. We must be educating people, and particularly young evangelicals, younger people in the faith, must learn what the Bible says about this, and that the primary role of government is to protect innocent life protect innocent life from being murdered. That's the first and foremost responsibility of a government. And then this is another sad thing. Democrats care more about abortion than Republicans. If you look at the statistics, you compare the voting results of this election to the 2020 presidential election. You'll find that, that those who voted for Joe Biden, Democrats, in 2020, the number of people who voted for him and the number of people who voted to pass these abortion uh, amendment, which you assume were primarily Democrats, the Democratic Party stands for this, the Republican Party stands against abortion, and the Republicans are pro-life, Democrats are pro-abortion. And the number, probably 90 to 95% of the voter turnout for this abortion was the same as for uh, Joe Biden in 2020. But of those who voted against this issue, in other words, who voted pro-life and against abortion rights in this current election, the number was about 50% of those who turned out to vote for Donald Trump just three years ago. See what I'm saying here? The Democrats turned out their people to vote on this issue. The Republicans didn't. This matters more to them than us. The big thing we're going to learn from this, my friends, let me tell you, the Republicans are going to start running from this issue. All over the country, they're going to say this is a losing issue. Whenever abortion is primary, the, the, you, you lose because the, the Democrats care about it more than the Republicans do. The, the pro-life Republicans have been the base of the Republican Party. And if the Republican Party runs from this issue and thinks it's a losing issue, and so they're not going to talk about it, it's going to decimate the Republican Party. It really will. So, my friends, what do we learn from this? We've got to win the culture. We've got to win people. We're back to where we were a few years ago. That It's not going to be changed by law. It's going to be changed by hearts. We'll have to win people one by one. It is a political issue, but we cannot put our, ho our hopes there. I don't think the Republicans will do it. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to start drifting from this, this position. But you and I must stand for what's right, no matter what the politics, no matter what the culture. 
this doesn't change this massive loss does not change what we believe to be right or wrong. It might challenge us to rethink some of our strategies. And I think that's where I'm at. My strategy has been for years now. Uh, I will always vote pro-life. I will never support someone who favors the killing of children. To me, that is a, that is a litmus test of a worthy political, um, worthy government leader, someone worthy of my support. But I also realize our country just doesn't want it. Our country does not want the responsibility that goes along with sexual intimacy. Our country wants it's, it's embraced the ethics of the sexual revolution. And so what do we do there? We've got to win people one by one in our culture, in our cultural institutions, in our education, in our, in our media. We've got to start telling a better story and valuing all life and helping people realize that sex, sexual intimacy is for a husband and wife where they are beginning a family, not just for, not just for personal pleasure and lust. Let's pray about it. Father in heaven, we come to you today and we just grieve in our hearts over the loss of, of over this, this defeat here in, in Ohio. It really is sad, Father, that the people in this country, in this state, which would have been thought differently, would have uh, gone so strongly, such a strong number in favor of, these, of, of abortion. Father, we pray against groups like Planned Parenthood. We pray against the Democratic Party. We pray against these people who are advocating uh, the, the destruction of innocent human life. We pray, Father, you'd raise up uh, pro-life leaders. But most of all, Lord, we pray for a reversal of this ethic in our culture, this, uh, of the sexual revolution that has totally redefined what this is all about and has corrupted generations of young people. We pray, Father, for a repentance in our land. We pray that you'd raise up people not only for be pro-life spokesmen, but more importantly, to, to uh, lead people to Christ and to help educate your church on what's good and right and true. We pray for the people of God to be wise, discerning, courageous, and understanding and that we would come down on the right side of issues in our culture. We pray for these things. Have mercy upon our land, Lord. We've, we're enshrining the taking of innocent life and shedding of innocent blood. God, we know it's calling out your judgment upon us. Have mercy on us, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Someone put in the chat, it's a tough message. It is a tough message. Maybe if you can even tell, it's difficult for me to deliver this message. I'm usually like to just share the word and that can help us grow and be strong. And I don't like to talk about tough stuff like this, but sometimes we need to. If you're new, welcome. I hope you'll join us regularly. You are here every day. God bless you. I love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Okay? All right. Bye-bye.